0: Welcome to Kuden, the radio show and podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. Hosted by Shihan Jeffrey Miller and Shidoshi Eric White. Shihan Miller is a 13th degree black belt and master instructor of Warrior Concepts International in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Shidoshi Miller's martial arts career spans over 30 years and has taken him around the world to train with some of the world's best martial arts masters. Shidoshi Eric White has been a student of Shihan Miller's for over a decade. Together, they will answer your questions, discuss techniques, history, and current issues important to you. A self-defense-minded citizen, and the practicing martial artist. Submit your questions by email to C warriorc at warrior-concepts-online.com. Hello, and welcome to our next episode of Kuden. So glad you could join us. My name is Eric White. I'm joined by Jeffrey Miller, and we are here to answer your questions, talk about martial arts, ninjutsu, and anything else that might come up. And... Um, it's great to have you here with us today, sir, and you're just kind of sliding in. You said something about uh, the importance of mentors may have been part of this delay. Well, so I'm yeah, curious. I was sliding I'm right
1: in. Because <laughs> well, I was working at my home office today, and then um, I have to get to the dojo to do things in the office here, because literally within 15, 20 minutes of this thing ending, I have to be in uniform and in a class. So... Um, um, i i don't want to ever hear anybody say that they don't have time for anything because <laughs> I just recently hired a second mentor uh to help me out with this um uh growing up you know kind of a different side of warrior concepts <clears throat> into uh beefing up the the corporate security or not the corporate security the corporate consulting yeah. and uh, i'm i'm aiming for big companies. Big, ginormous yeah. companies, and I haven't been in the corporate structure in decades, so uh, I need some help in navigating, right? But um, this is a huge thing, right? Uh, a lot of folks they they look at people that are you know and in, uh, in our at our level of training or whatever, and a couple of things pop up. Either uh, you know they they think that uh, we we have it all, and so uh, you know here we are, right? We're just this bashing of information, but um, and while that may be true for some people. Uh, there is a, a a lot of this that uh, we're always, 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 always seeking more information. And that just doesn't mean going to Japan or surfing YouTube and watching videos and all that, but uh, you yeah. know, actually getting other coaches and mentors and things to help us uh, with things that uh, – and here's something that one shared with me a long time ago, right? Learning what we don't know we don't know. Hmm. And here's this huge thing, Right. Uh, and I I think you've gone through this exercise, but this would be a cool thing to just throw yeah, out for a quick, like, three to five minutes. Um, here's a quick exercise for everybody, right? Get yourself a piece of paper, right? I can't wait because we're under the be- under the gun on this one, right? So uh normally I tell people to go, and I'll wait, and I'll come back, right? <laughs> uh, but if you're listening to the recording, you can hit pause. We'll wait. We'll be That's here when right. you get back, right? But find a blank piece of paper. And get a pen, pencil, marker, crayon, I don't know, snip off the end of your finger, whatever, right? Uh, you're gonna make, you're you're just gonna make some lines and circles, okay? But on that piece of paper, draw a really big circle. Really big circle, okay? And we're gonna envision that circle being like uh, a piece of pie, okay? We're gonna make, or not a piece of pie, a pie, okay? So, we're making a very crude pie chart, right? But we're gonna make this thing, right? And then what I want you to do is, uh, from the center, right, or from the top, I don't care what you do here, right, but you draw a line vertically down to, set, to the center point, right, and then one, to for today's purposes, you're going to draw it to the left, all right, um, over to that part of the perimeter, right, so you should have this right angle, right, down and then over from the center, like you just cut a big one-quarter piece chunk of pie, you pig, right, but <laughs> anyway, mm, you cut this thing, right, pie. and then what we're going yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, yeah, I almost let a... I almost called you a dick, but I won't do that because we're on screen before So <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. Anyway, so and then from the center of that uh, of, of that uh, quarter wedge, right? From the center of that, just split it in half. So go go back to the center point, the, the apex of the the triangle, and draw a line straight back out to the rim again, right? So now you have two one eighth quarter sections, but they're they're side by side, okay? Uh huh. Uh huh. And then on the outside of the pie anywhere outside there, but kind of overlapping both of those wedges. So it's overlapping that initial quarter piece, right? I want you to write the words realm of the known, okay? Realm of the known, (laughs) K-N-O-W-N, right? Realm of the known, right? Not gnome, not, you know, whatever, okay? So anyway, so realm of the known, right? And then in one of those wedges, I don't care, pick one, right? You're gonna write the known Known, okay, so known dash known, okay, known hyphen known, right, or just write known, I don't care, right, and then the other one, write the known unknown, okay, so you have the known known in one and the known unknown in the other. Both of these things, uh, both of these segments, right, constitute the, uh, the amount of knowledge that you have, and again, we're just arbitrarily picking quarter of a piece of pie, right, um, or a quarter of a whole pie, Right. I mean, you could be a rocket scientist, so you've got more in there, and you could be maybe not so quick, so maybe the wedge is smaller. But anyway, right? But you have this realm of the known. And what that constitutes is that there's a lot of things in your life, a lot, right, that you know that you know, okay? And don't jump around and try to, like, you know, and this is where people that – are, are trying to get, make themselves better, continually shoot themselves in the foot because they're looking for ginormous things, right? You know, mm-hmm. I never built the Taj Mahal or I've been, this is on my bucket list. So I'm probably going to die without it <laughs> happening. And you know, okay, How about if we start with small accomplishments and actually do an assessment, a self-assessment, and recognize just how freaking much you do know and how much you have, have actually accomplished in your life and things that you have to be proud of, but you may be overlooking, right? And that in of itself can actually generate a lot of forward momentum. But yeah. anyway, right? So you could start with something simple like, do you know how to tie your shoes? Do you know how to dress yourself? Yeah. Now, people are going to start eye-rolling <laughs> and thinking, you know, uh, well, that's so simple, right? I mean, of course, right? Well, good, okay? That means you know it so well you don't have to think about it, okay? So there's lots of things like this, right? You may know how to drive a car or ride a motorcycle or whatever, right? But you can start adding all these things in that you know you know. You may be able to speak a, a second or third or fourth language, right, fluently or kind of fluently or whatever, right? But there's there's an aspect of your life, there's an aspect of your knowledge base that you know you know, okay? Mm-hmm. When it comes to our martial arts training, there's a bunch of skills you could write down and go, I got that, okay? Or at least you know You know, you know it to some extent, right? I've been introduced to it. I'm still working on it, or whatever. Okay, but you know, you know it to that level, right? Mm -hmm. So there is some gray area in here because you may not know certain parts of it, or you're still working on it, or whatever. And and you'll see how where the gray area fits, right? That's the line between the two segments, right? Mm -hmm. So if we switch over to the to the known unknown, right? There are lots of things. In your life, or that you have bumped into, or in the world, or that you've learned about, or whatever, that you know exist, but you don't know how to do that thing. And again, it could be driving a car, riding a motorcycle, <laughs> dressing yourself. Anyway, <laughs> hopefully, people who can navigate the internet can, can dress themselves. Anyway, right? Um, <laughs> you know how to use a sippy Anyway, um, <laughs> so there are these things that you know exist, but you don't know. Like uh, you know, you may know that there's a uh, uh, you know, uh, the Russian language or there's, uh, you know, five different dialects of Chinese or whatever, but, uh, or just the you know, there's Chinese language, there's Japanese language or whatever, but you can't speak it, right? So you don't know how to do that thing, right? So here's this thing, right? You you know it, you know that it exists, you just don't know how to do it, right? Or know how to apply it or whatever, okay? So that's the realm of the known unknown, okay? But the thing about both of these wedges here is that within this, this entirety, the realm of the known, you have choice, right? Now, you can choose to limit yourself there, but that's not really what, what I'm getting to here in a minute. And I'll, I'll, un, I'll unveil the prize, right? I'll play Vanna White and pull across the curtain or whatever. Anyway, so um, this is the realm of the known. So you know about these things. You know about things you know. So you can choose to let them ride as they are, or you can choose to work on them more to get better at them okay mm-hmm. but these are things you already know right then in the realm of the known unknown right you can choose to let that be something eh, that's okay you know what I, that's just not me that's not something i'm interested in or whatever so i'm going to let that hang out in the world um and maybe as a ninja right and this is a big part of ninja too right every ninja needs to have a network right a network mm. back in the days it was a network of operatives right or specialists or whatever right but you know we can call them friends right but You need to have a network, so if there's something you encounter that you know that needs to be done, but that's not your expertise, you can pick up the phone or you can send an email or a text or whatever and get help with that thing, okay? So if you don't have something like that if you've never given that um, much thought, then you're not that much of a ninja operative or thinking and living like a ninja, right? Um, And that's self-evident with a lot of these uh Emails and and postings on Facebook pages or groups and things like that that I see where there's just content, it's there, there. People just keep running into a wall, right? Mm-hmm. This happened to me. Now now I can't train. Uh, this is going to happen to me, so I won't be able to train or whatever. Uh, um, I think we're going to talk about that later, but either way, right? So here's this um, here's the thing, right? So you can choose what you're going to do with that because you know it exists, right? So uh, you know the. I don't know how to speak Chinese, uh, Japanese. Well, I have to know that Japanese exists, right, as a language, and then I can decide, well, you know what, that might be helpful to my training, okay? So I'm going to choose to do that. I'm gonna, I want to learn Japanese, okay? But you have choice in here, okay? So now that's, that's the realm of the known, okay? Now, inside the other three-quarters of the pie, anywhere in there, I want you to write the words, the unknown unknown, the unknown unknown. Okay, and what that is, is everything that exists within you, outside of you, in the world, all that, that you have no idea that it even exists. Hmm. Okay, have you ever been in class, and I know the answer for me is yes, have you ever been in class, and your teacher hits a pressure point, or they tag something, or whatever, and one, you didn't even know that part of your body existed, and even if you did, you didn't know that it could be damaged that way, or that it hurt that way, or whatever, Right, That was completely outside of your realm of knowledge and experience. That ever happened? Yeah. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know when you tagged that point on the outside of the shin just above the ankle bone, it burns like somebody stuck a cigarette against it. I had no idea. Yeah. Right, <laughs> But now, see, as soon as one of those things become discovered, it ends up going over to the realm of the known, and it's going to go on either side. Right, Now I know that it exists, so that's on the realm of the known known, right? But I don't know how to do that. I don't know, I don't know how he did what he did. So that's the technique part. So that may be split, right? Again, there's that gray area Mm there, right? Okay. So this is the realm of the unknown, unknown, okay? This is where potential lies, and this is the realm of mastery. Everybody thinks mastery is about just getting super great with all that stuff that you know. But what if you only know five things? Well, great. Okay, now that's a type of mastery. You get very proficient with the skill sets and the knowledge that you have. But mastery lies in making that one quarter of the pie bigger and continuing to add to it and uncovering things so that once it's into the realm of the known, on either side, I can now do something with it. But until it's there, I don't know, right? So, uh, you know, deciding because I got a few phone calls on a couple of clients and all that stuff and, oh, wow, I think I might want to work with companies and all that, right? Then I start bumping into things that I have to jump into that, right? So once I started bumping into things like mm, questions for me or where do I start or those kind of things, right, uh, I came up with a couple of things that I know based on process development and all that um, that I can come up with. But then I started, you know, getting kind of mediocre results. So mm. my mind immediately goes to, okay, what is it that I'm missing, what do right. I don't what what don't I know that I don't even know right and that's where I go after a mentor that's where I go to find somebody because I need for them to point to things I can't even see now, another example of that is in in our um, in our long distance training group right we have these weekly coaching calls and uh, all that sometimes I'll send out videos sometimes um, the service that we're using here is going to change here soon and we'll, we'll be able to bring up video. Right. And that'll be cool. Right. That's cool. So not just your face and my face. But I mean, I could load up a video on my screen and share that. Right. So right. one of the things I like doing with my students at this case, at this point, I don't have that technology. But what I'll have to do is pull out a particular video out of their training program um, that we have all agreed on. Right. Pull this video out. Right. Load it up. OK. And what I want you to do is watch this video from, I don't know, Two minutes and 37 seconds to four minutes and two seconds okay so watch that string okay and then i'll Mm. say what do you see okay and you know i'll get everything from well it's pretty obvious some of you guys do it xyz and all that and and then what i do is i go in and point at things that they didn't even know they were missing Mm. okay why the hand is at the ankle it's at why the you know why it's it's where it is why there's a certain gap in a certain place Um, those kind of things right because that's what I'm here for. Any – I'm going to throw a word out there, but any schmuck, any monkey can go to YouTube or Vimeo or whatever and watch videos yeah. of techniques and add that to their realm of the known, right? Okay, that's that's a cool combination. That's a cool combination. That's a – oh, that's an interesting way to kick, that kind of thing, right? They can add these things, but what those things can never do for you that you need a teacher for is to point out things you don't even know you're missing. You don't even know are going on, Right? So that's what I did, right? I just, so I just, I did this in the realm of my consulting things. Uh, But this isn't the same as going and looking for advice. This is going to people who have been there way longer, way more often, and are really good at it. And they'll start asking you questions that are gonna make you really, really uncomfortable, okay? I know, I'm going through that process again, right? Doesn't make me feel stupid, it's just like, oh, wow. (laughs) I don't even know how to think about that, right? so i'm getting I'm getting all these questions and things, and now I need to go look look for things or look for the answers, but sometimes I have to admit back to the to my coach or to my, my consultants consultants right I have to admit that yeah. i I don't even know where to start looking i I didn't even know that existed right so now I need more help and more guidance in that direction um so that I can even get to the next step I can even get to the point where I can think about the next step right. So um, yeah. Anyway, so this is this is a huge thing. I mean, and that, you know that's why we have our long distance programs, uh, either the, the standalone kind of things or the ongoing uh, process. I mean, that's what. Well, hopefully, that's why everybody has one. But um, it's important that we understand that uh, you know, even when it comes to those long distance programs, you know, you could jump into one where, and these are these are really popular, right? You've got this this kind of either a finite amount of time to do it or you have an open-ended lifetime, whatever, you need to go through through it at your own pace and all that, right? And you can test for rank and, you know, whatever, right? But you're still there pretty much by yourself processing it with the current knowledge and filter base that you have, right? So that's why we wired in, you know, weekly calls, and we've got these camps that, you know, people come into, and we can focus on these very specific things um, because, you need somebody to point out things that you don't even you don't even know it exists, right? I mean, when we were kids, you, you were taught to walk into a room and you flip that little switch right there and ta-da, the lights come on, right? But you didn't know anything about electricity. You didn't know anything about any of that, right? So if you yeah. walked into a room and a light didn't go on, the kids will stand there flipping that switch or they'll start crying or they'll run to their mom because – somebody broke the light or whatever because they don't understand how process works. So, you know, mom and dad understand it. So maybe it's the ball, maybe it's whatever, and if it's not these, then they call an expert because he or she knows something that they don't know, right? Um, but for somebody that, that just has the technique down, I you know, I find this thing, I flip this switch, and that magically happens. That's the way a lot of people approach the training. Right? Hmm. I do XYZ and PDQ occurs. Okay? But well, what if it doesn't? Well, it's supposed to. It's worked for 2000 years. Has it always under all conditions? Right? What makes the technique work? Why does it work? How can you make it better? What's not written in the scrolls? Okay? All those cool things. So anyway, right? So I apologize for sliding in under the wire, but uh <laughs> that was my that was my reasoning. I went from literally training with my coach and being on one of these sessions this way, uh, with one that is two two and a half hours long, uh, to literally being, (laughs) I I did jumped into that from my morning coaching call. And before that I had a fitness class. So after that thing was over with the coach, I literally had jump in the shower, 15 minutes, clean myself up, throw some clothes on and rush to the dojo office. So I could do this and be ready (laughs) for classes right afterwards. So, you know, um,
0: well, that's good. I'd, I'd yes. be troubled if you were on on this uh, show without having taken a shower first. I'm glad you got that. Yeah. Well, thanks, because I'm sure you could smell me from California.
1: Yeah. <laughs> smell o vision. No, but here, I, yeah. there's a lot of folks that think that you know I are I don't know like gurus sitting on a freaking mountaintop and you know I ask you whatever <laughs> question and you're going to answer it. And uh, sometimes I'm you know I'm going to give you an answer. I'm always going to give you an answer based on my realm of the known. Yeah. But I got I'm I'm going to be completely transparent here. Sometimes. Just like you admit to taking notes, sometimes I jot a little note down because that was a really good question. Is there more about that? Hmm. Or it's a reminder that I bumped into that before but forgot that I was going to hmm. look into it. So and so I've got notebooks full of questions about training that when I bump into a teacher in Japan or I'm you know I, um, and sometimes you know I, it'll be there and it's in the back of my mind. And so I'll get a I'll pull out a book that I've read before by Hatsumi Sensei or whoever, right? And I'm reading yeah. through this and all of a sudden this thing will sound familiar. Oh, where does that go? Right. And whether I pull out a notebook or not, here's this whole divergent path, um, that again, rarely has anything to do with step by step physical technique mm. because that's what people keep focusing on when they talk about training. And that's a, it's either by choice because that's all they want to look at. Or they've never been introduced to the idea that needed to is more than just ducking punches and kicks and using swords and stuff like that. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So uh, I mean, uh, you know, you have you've had mentors. So, what's your take on well, the mentor thing? So you try yeah, to get funny, out of the stuff. <laughs> you, forced you it you back in your direction. Good,
0: well, you <laughs> touch on a good thing there too, and it, you know, it makes me want to say, wait a minute, are you saying you're also a student too? Because Duh. you know, how many times do do you run into that? As you say, oh, people listening to this, they you know think we're this guru up on the mountain, but uh, you know, I I've I've run into this firsthand. Like when we've traveled to Japan for training, it's like that's that's student mode. You're a student as well, and and continuing. Yeah, so stop to try telling to everybody add else in class that. how to do
1: the technique right. If you're looking, if you're the one from sensei or one of the senior master teachers, shut up and be student while you're in class. Mm. Okay, stop trying to. What what I tell you guys the first time you went to Japan before the first class if I'm not leaning over and suggesting something, I haven't figured this out. I'm training myself. Don't talk to me. Right? Right? And be prepared to see me make a lot of mistakes because I'm here to learn something. I'm not dropping that much money for them to pat me on the head and go, Oh, you understand this so well. (laughs) Because I know that when they do that, they're dangling you by a chain and it's a Mm. huge test. Right. Right? So, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, in, in the dojo, you know, we have a student creed, we have the vows of intentions, we have a warrior code of action kind of thing, um, <clears throat> but that we also have an instructor's creed. Remember that one that was hanging up there, right? Yeah. The instructor's creed says, the day I cease to be a student is the day I'm no longer fit to be a teacher. Right. Right? Hmm. Your students should always be following you, right? If they're catching up, you got lazy, Right. Yeah, it also
0: it also kinda of makes me think as you talk about adding these things, you know, from this realm uh, of, you know, this unknown unknown, how that can impact people. And oftentimes, you know, I think just personally people look at that and they they kinda of get this feeling of, you know, disappointment or it's like, oh there's something else I don't know or um but you know, i am going through this uh, a book you've suggested about spiritual materialism. And mm-hmm. one of the things mm-hmm. I've run across in there is about, um, you know, that that the, the kind of path of acquiring some of this knowledge uh, is often accompanied by that feeling of disappointment. Um, mm-hmm. I guess yeah, it's because ego wants to know everything. Right, right. Ego wants yeah. to be in Control. Ego wants to know. Because, oh, I didn't right. know that. Darn. And you. Yeah. And you, right. and you have that. Yeah. How does that make me
1: look? Now there's shame. There's embarrassment. There's you know fear. There's all kinds of things that creep up. Right. Um, that's just that's that's just ego screaming, right? It's it's ego trying to be God, and it's not. I mean, th- this is this is summed up in in that old Chinese saying that the more you know, the more you know what you don't know, right? The more you yeah. learn, the more you realize that you're never going to learn at all, right? Yeah. So you have a choice. There's that red pill, blue pill moment, right? Take the blue pill, decide you've had enough, and resign yourself to what's the point, or whatever, right? Uh, or you delude yourself, right? You, tell, you know, from the movie The Matrix, So right? You take the blue pill, go back to sleep, wake up tomorrow morning and tell yourself whatever story you want to tell yourself. That's fine, right? But if you take the red pill, you may never learn it all, but you're going to see just how deep the rabbit hole goes, and that in and of itself is going to help you determine choices and which way you're going to go, right? Which path you're going to follow, um, how you're going to carve the path if it doesn't exist, those kind of things. So really important
0: stuff. Yeah, um, and, and it, for those it, who you are know,
1: really seeking growth and not just admiration because they've achieved something,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah, and I, I just think it's, imp- it's kind of, you know, for me it's been important to realize that, you know, that growth comes again with that. It's not this like, yes, I've figured it out kind of moment or anything that, you know, often training in Japan and, and just going to classes there at the dojo uh, when I was living there back near near your school so mm-hmm. often – Classes, you know, not that it wasn't um, enjoyable, but there are so many times classes would be done, and I just have that perplexed look, and you know, you're you're just always like, if somebody from the outside looking in would watch, like, why are you doing this? You look so miserable, right? Because you're just in that yeah. moment of like, man, there's so much work that I need to do, or here's this thing now I didn't know, now I know, and I need to know more about, and. Um, but and that's, that's, that's the growth. That's the process. Part of, being, the kind of byproduct. part of being authentic, and we we talk about that in in, uh, in Buddhism.
1: We talk about it in our Mikyo training, right? Um, part of this enlightenment thing is about being authentic, right? And authentic means being honest, right? Being honest with yourself. I don't know that, right? Why? Why should I know that, right? Um, whatever. I mean, you can get, become anal about it, but at the same time, it's okay to be in that state because that's that questioning mind, right? Mm. Enlightenment is born of questions and the quality of questions, not by the amount of knowledge or the answers that you have, right? So uh I'm I'm way okay with letting the teachers in Japan, including sensei, right, see this look of, because he'll say understand, you know, it's a huge thing, right? Understand, mm-hmm, play, mm-hmm. Right? so he'll say understand, and if I don't, I'm looking at him like, mm, you know, <laughs> uh, I'll let him know that. I'm working on it or, you know, I'm not getting it. More often than not, he looks over at me and he'll complain and he'll laugh, you know, and then he'll come over later and he'll try to explain something. Or um, if I don't know, I'll go to another teacher uh, and try to try to work this out or at least get a couple of pieces that I have as, as signposts that will point me in the right direction. But what I see by and large in classes, and whether it's my classes or other people's classes or in Japan, it doesn't really matter, right, is you see ego's need to not look like that it doesn't get it or it's run it through mm. a, a filter and it thinks it gets it or whatever, but what you see is what I call the horse nod, right? So he'll say, understand, and everybody's just, like, nodding, right? And then they go do the technique, and it's not even in the ballpark, right? Yeah. So what I often see people do is they'll demonstrate something, right, and then people will go train and they're just doing whatever the hell they want and if you look at them long enough they keep doing the same thing over and over again no matter what technique was demonstrated so okay great you're here to have a good time but um this was that was an awfully expensive price tag you put on airfare and all that kind of stuff to get to what basically amounts to um an amusement park right <laughs> cuz you're just going to yeah. pick and choose the rides your own anyway and you're going to you know create your own fun right um but you get bragging rights for saying, oh, I went to Six Flags, oh, I went to Disney, oh, I went to <laughs> uh, you know, whatever, right? But what did you learn? Right. Because, if you, if, you know, if you keep parroting the same words and that's what you learned, or you didn't learn that you need to work on this given thing, um, and then you can't continue to answer subsequent whys, why do you need to learn that? Why that thing? You know, what's off or, or why do you think that that's the the thing that you need to work on right um then you're just parroting things right mm. um or if you can't answer the question even at a at a surface level right because you're walking around with your chest buffed out and your shoulders back and your head up and you know cuz yeah i got this stuff you know um but all i hear is parroting right
0: mm. Well, and that kind of – that kind of, and you already started to touch on it some, but that brings us uh, to um, Christopher's question. Christopher McLaurin submitted a question, and he asked about um, at what level should a student be able to combine the first four levels of training successfully? But he also asked, do you believe that training in Japan is beneficial to understanding Nimpo taijutsu? So you know, we're already kind of talking about like training in Japan um, – You know, and often, you know, I've heard plenty of times before, well, certainly you don't need to go there, but there is a benefit kind of inherent in in making that trip. There is, there's a huge benefit. Um, One of the benefits, and
1: um, Mr. Whistler pulled this on me that that first trip that you guys went on, Um, (laughs) he had been working on something in the dojo for months, and I kept trying to make this, this, help him with this transition and and all this kind of stuff, and to, to get to this point, point. Um, and it was just like an uphill climb, you know? We get to Japan, from the very first class, it was like he was touched by the by the <laughs> wand of wisdom, and he did this thing, and he kept doing it, and I, like, five minutes into training with him, I stopped him and I said, what the hell, man? I've just been like, digging in for months trying to get this to happen, right? You, you walk into Hombu, and oh, right? And he looks at me and he smiles and he goes, "Oh I, I didn't realize i well I realized you're doing it right and then he said, "Yeah, well, the trick is going to be continuing to do it the right way when I get back <laughs> home right so um so there is that kind of a quality, and I don't know maybe there's just you know it's the it's if if we borrow the the idea of um uh quantum the the ideas from quantum physics where you know we're all energy fields within a greater energy field, and you just put yourself in a different field right changes yeah. can happen because we can you know, it's the same. If you live in the same house for so long and you don't change your furniture around or change decor or you live in the same area or whatever, you start to see less and less because it all is just familiar. And you don't notice anything until one day you're driving by someplace and, you know, uh, suddenly there's a skyscraper there. And you're like, when the hell that happen? And somebody else looks over at you and goes, dude, that's been there for like six months, right? <laughs> and because you just completely miss things. So I think that's a huge benefit. I think it's a benefit to go to Japan and have the bubble pop, the bubble pop where we, we understand that we're going to see Hatsumi Sensei doing it differently than everybody else <clears throat> because he's so integrated this stuff, right? But to go to different instructors classes, the senior yeah. Japanese teachers, and to see that they will teach the same technique off the scroll in a bunch of different ways. And it's all correct, right? But, there's a common theme that keeps it correct and there's common principles and concepts that keep it correct. Not, they're not just doing whatever they want, right? It's based on their body build and whatever, right? Or their focus on the overall training, right? Okay? And that's the reason why I train with the core four or five, uh, senior master teachers that I do because each one has a different primary focus on the training. One is just out and out street self defense. Another one is you start with the, the core, Basic kata right off the scrolls, and then you move through three levels of transition or transmission till you're able to get to a point where okay, now you can, you know, play with it. You can swap things out and all that. Another one, it's all about balance control. Another one, it's all about precision of movement, but it's not stuck to a given kata, right? Uh, so just it's this different approach, and so uh, you know that that allows you to break break out from just Always training with the same teacher and always training with the same model and all that. Cause, you know, we have a, we have a set curriculum, unless we're in the Shinobi Kai class, that, uh, you know, people can fall into a lull or they can fall into the belief that the techniques that we're presenting are set in stone and they're not initiative or initiate, um, yeah, they're, they're initiations into an idea for handling a problem from a certain perspective called, a, lineage, right? And so mm-hmm. this is an example, but you get this, and then you need to run this technique through the Kihon process. No, not the Kihon Hapan, right? Not those eight models. You don't swap those things out, right? The Kihon Hapoh is a, is a principle. It's, a, it's a, a process, right? Where you make eight variations, and then you make eight variations of each variation, and blah, 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 right? So, um, that, so that's that's a huge benefit as well. The other thing that I think is a benefit, and that's why I I run these these uh, uh, groups. I, I you know people can sign up and go with me, right? Uh, you pay for a package. You can pay for extra classes if you want, uh, whatever. Uh, but you know I take people around. I act as tour guide, and I take them to uh, historical places that are historically relevant to what we're doing, right? Um, but at the same time. You know, so they're getting in touch with things that they only read about or heard about or whatever. Um, Like, remember the first time you walked on a nightingale floor, but we had been talking about it for years, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or you read about it and all that, but the first time you walked on it, ooh, now you have a direct experience with what a ninja operative would have had to uh, neutralize or uh, circumvent uh, back in the day, right? So you just took this knowledge, and now you now have an experience, Right. And not just the walking experience, but, you know, all this other stuff that's going on. Right. But and then again, here's another benefit. Right. The other benefit is going to Japan and seeing how the Japanese live life.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And you start to find out that the Japanese think about things, many things, very differently than we do in the West. And to try to process Nijutsu or any Japanese thing from the same mindset that we use to process Western society doesn't always work, right? So now if if what they're doing and the reason they're doing this thing, whether it's speech patterns or, you know, customs or whatever, and the way they do that is based on the way they process the world as a group of people, and that's foreign to me. That's literally foreign. It's alien to me, right? And I've got to get my head wrapped around that because that's not even how we process things, Right? Then what does that say about what I'm doing with or what I don't understand? There's that unknown unknown again, about the training itself, right? So mm. th- there's t- there's a ton of benefits, right? There's a ton of benefits. Not to mention, you know, stroke an ego with some bragging rights because everybody else is going to go <laughs> like, oh, really? Oh my God, I would give my left foot to go to Japan. Obviously not, because we just went, and Sensei's been going for years and whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? So. Yeah, so I think that's huge. And at what point can somebody go? I mean, go whenever you go whenever you want. Just remember that when you go to some of these classes, there's things that you're going to have to learn before you can process a lot of what's going on in that class, especially showcase class. So for a long time, showcase class is going to be an example of the potential that you're aiming for, right? Don't think about just copying everything that he's doing, right? <clears throat> Get in there and do it as an experience, and look at it like. You know, you really are looking at the guy that's standing on the pinnacle of the mountain, and you're down in the valley, um, you know, so, wow, he's way up there. That's cool. I'd love to be up there. Yeah, well, don't forget that he ran through a process to climb that mountain uh, to be where he is, right? You know, so, you know, so those are huge. Uh, I th- think it was a two-part question, right? The first question was about at what point do we start integrating all those things together? So that's yeah. what Mod 5 is for. Mod 5 is the void um, realm. That's where we start <coughs> um, blending them um, in a technique structure and all that. But, you uh, you know, you should be playing around with at least one-step sparring and, and things like that to, um, to make sure that things go together. But my thing is every time you sh- change modules – you need to remember that you are integrating or you're adding knowledge and uh, not just more skills. You're not just adding more techniques, right? You're adding uh, uh, other principles and concepts and you're looking at things um, uh, from a different perspective. And that's just not for the techniques in that module. That information is to be applied to the techniques in previous modules as well, right? because it's otherwise you're you're you know you're looking at your techniques like they're in a box. So here's mod one stuff, and here's mod two stuff, and here's mod three. That's the way most martial arts handle things, right? This is your kata at this level. This is your kata at this level. And the only time you have to look back at those other things is when you're teaching, right? Um, so if we add, uh, like, let's this is we're so we're working with emoji right? In mod one, the big thing with emoji is profiling your body to remove targets and being too far away for him to hit you without having to step again, right? So it's controlling distance, right? So in mod two, we're refining distance and exploring different types of distance, but we're adding timing and um, you know, the big thing is timing, But uh, and we're also refining angling. So we'll give you a little bit of angling in mod one, too. So uh, distance and angling we give you, But it's about being too far away and to hit this 45 kind of thing. But in Mod 2, we start telling you, look, it's not 45, okay? Stop saying 45 degrees, okay? It's not 30 degrees. It's not 45 degrees. It's Naname. And you have to understand that you're going to an angle based on what he's doing and where he's going,
0: Hmm. which
1: will always be the same if you're always doing one type of stylized training. If in the dojo you always work off the ski right, this classical punch, then you don't have to worry about distancing and angling beyond the basic level, because he will always be punching in the same space, so you can always go to the same place. But when you start dealing with uppercuts and hooks and back back fists and, you know, these things from other types of martial arts, you better understand distance and, and angling, right? And then we add timing, and that helps to refine things, right? So it's it's like It's like when when a sword is being made, right? At each each stage, you're doing certain things to it, right? And so that's how we should see our training as well. But you can start integrating things. I mean, you know, in Mod 2, we introduced you to the idea uh, of this – we have this drill called Sen Undo, right, which literally means, uh, like, linear exercise or a linear drill. And it's that zigzag backpedaling kind of thing where we work on going from Naname right, Naname left kind of thing to to avoid – um, you know, multiple punches, kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, we also introduce you to uh, shuffling footwork. You've already learned stepping footwork, so now you've got this half step kind of thing that you can do, right? So you can start to loosen things up. Um, but see, we introduce you to the concept, but we actually had you doing senundo in mod one. We just didn't, t- we just didn't call it that, right? That was a Kamae evasion drill. Where you practice avoiding multiple punches, one at a time, right? Or kicks or grabs, and then you practice shifting out of the way of each of those strikes, moving into and out of the different kumbaya that you learned, right? That's still senundo because the principle or the concept that senundo is conveying and the skill it's trying to teach you, right? Ah, so it's not a technique. No, it's a drill. And what you're drilling and practicing is the ability to move from one Kamae to another without lo- losing the three primary benefits of Kamae, which are stability, cover, and um, alignment, body alignment, which affects balance, right? Right? Mm-hmm. It's, right? So if things are out of alignment, mm-hmm. your balance sucks. If your balance sucks, then your footwork is terrible, right? Um, all those kind of things, right? So each of these things, right? So Kamae teaches you very specific lessons, Sanundo, Undo, all these drills teach you very specific lessons, right? Sanchin teaches you very specific lessons, right? Sanchin's all about penetrating his defenses so he can't stop it, avoid it, or counter it um, or escape from it when you move in, right? So there's very specific things that people need to be taught or uh, it needs to be pointed to. This goes back to what I was talking about with having a mentor. That has nothing to do with the step-by-step moves but it's why the moves are there the way they are. But you could change those moves to a 100 other alternatives as long as the alternatives do the same thing that the model says should be done at that point. So it's not about the step-by-step, but first-level transmission in the shoe level of training, SHU, right, the, the protect, copy stage, right? All that matters is the step-by-step stuff. But, again, people get stuck, right? So – Anyway, is that too much? Did I just run off on a tangent? I don't think so. No. Right? no. So Chris, you need to you need to be combining all the time, right? Just play, right? It's so one of Sete's, um, uh instructions, right? Play, right? See how it goes together, right? Can you go from mm-hmm. can you go from omote gyaku into onikudaki, and if so, how do you do that, right? Um, can you go from musha dori into dansei right? Um, same side or other side, and if so, how's that done? right? And the more you play, and this is how I know that, that students are playing, right? And this is how I know that, that Chris is always doing something, is because he doesn't just ask questions for these, for these shows. There would, be a, there would be an odd day. I think the earth would tilt on its axis if the man didn't come in for class, and before it started, say, sir, I got a question. <laughs> and I have to look at him and say, I'm so surprised. Okay? So, um, like, he slipped what, two or three questions in on me last class, right, having four minutes before we were going to ring the bell and get class started. Okay. (laughs) And I look at him like, really? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, no, anytime. You can do any of these things anytime. Just remember what what the outcome should be, right? You, You need to focus on outcomes, right? Training is not an outcome. If training is an outcome, then all you have to do is show up for class, What is the outcome you want from your training? And don't say, well, to be better. That's too vague. It's too general, right? What should be better by the end of that class? What should you have learned, been exposed to, or get an answer to at every training, at every seminar, trip to Japan? What do you need answered for that to be a success? Otherwise, you're just like a gerbil on a freaking wheel, running your ass off, and you're going nowhere. But, Dan, doesn't it feel good? Training is awesome. <laughs> right? Fudo keeps popping up, doesn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry.
1: Anyway. Oh, you know what? Um, we, let's go back for just a second. We tar- were talking about the mentor thing, and I had a flash yeah. because you were talking about things. And you, okay. you were involved in the Mikio training a lot, and I know you're interested uh-huh. in this stuff, right? Yeah. Well, there's a character on the mandala, and I have some statuary around the dojo, uh, there's this character, Kongosata, right, uh, in uh, Sanskrit known as Vajrasattva, right? So <coughs> uh is uh, symbolized as a bodhisattva, right? So he looks like a prince. He's got a crown and all that kind of stuff, right, which means it's an activity, right? It's not a state, right? In Mikkyo, a Buddha is a state of mind. It's a state of consciousness, right? It's a It's a state of enlightenment about a specific realm within your life or within the process of life or whatever. Okay, so uh, a Buddha is a state, but a Bodhisattva is an activity. So we're being this thing where we're engaged in specific types of activities, whether it's love and compassion or it's learning or teaching or uh, serving others or whatever, right? So we can say that we're being, we've drawn out this particular nature, right? Uh, Are we being Kanon or are we being Seishi, right? Kanon is the... the, um, hearer of the troubles of others, and and compassion is there to want to help, but Seishi is the activity of compassion in the process of actually helping them. Now, in Hmm. in Mahayana, they're both the same. There is no Seishi, and if there is, it's just some statue on the thing, right? On the Brutadon. But Kanon or Jizo represents the same thing, right? Um, But in Mikyo, we pare these things down. We get very precise about one thing being a feeling of compassion and wanting to help, and the other side of the coin is I am actually acting on that compassion and helping mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. anyway, so uh the character kongo sata right uh, in his hands right in one hand he holds uh, a Kongo or a Vajra right this mm-hmm. diamond thunderbolt wand kind of thing right um and it could be, typically it's it's the the one that's um uh, five pronged, but it could be nine, it could be three, whatever, okay? So there's this Vajra, that's in one hand, that's in the left hand, and then, uh, left hand? No, right hand, sorry, in the right hand, and then the other hand, there's a bell, okay? So in that, in that, uh, manifestation, Kongo Sata represents that which we seek to know and the knower, okay? So there's things in our lives that we know and we can share with others so we can be a teacher. Right So there it is, right? So that's what the bell represents, the expression of truth, right, and in other aspects of our lives, we're still studying and trying to get better at something or trying to get exposed to something or whatever. so in that context, we're the student, right so Konkosata as a manifestation is actually representing uh the yin yang or the inyo, where both exist at the exact same time, and that balance is part of the enlightenment process, right so. Uh, you know, you have to know truth to express it. But in the expression of truth, you will will bump into experiences that will cause you to need to know more uh, or bumping into people that you're trying to help, right? And they're having problems that are different than you had or different than the way you normally explain things. So as a good teacher, you go out and find other ways to explain it instead of just writing that student off as being a moron, right? Hmm. Because in the instructor training program, one of the first lessons that people get from me is, in every single class, your students are either one step closer to black belt or the next level of black belt or mastery or proficiency or whatever you want to call it, or they're one step closer to the door. And that's not a that-student thing, right? There's lots of things that it is the student's fault. But in every class that you teach, if you're a teacher, every single class, they're either one step closer to their end goal or they're one step closer to the door, and that is, that's part of your responsibility. And that doesn't mean you need to coddle them or whatever. But the first thing you need to do do is be aware that 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 that's occurring, that dynamic is occurring, right? And students will have challenging days, and students will have great days and all that. Um, But are they challenging because you're being so freaking nebulous and whatever, um, or what you're teaching doesn't make sense because you're trying to teach way beyond their level capacity or you don't know what the hell you're talking about or whatever, Mm. right? Uh, But there's no match to what it is that they think they need. Um, and then over time they'll be exposed to other possibilities and, and things like that, right? Um, but for a lot of folks that, that put on that, that name tag of teacher, um, they've never really ever been taught how to teach, how to share information in a way that you can take somebody who knows absolutely squat about the subject and get them to the highest level of proficiency that they can attain, which might not be your level, which might not be at level or whatever, but you can get them there. Um, most people that call themselves a teacher, they're not. They're an instructor, and that's just a conveyor of data, right? Mm. Or they're a coach. And a coach is somebody that can take somebody with natural proclivities for things and just give them suggestions for being better, right? Okay? So we make a very specific, uh, you know, um, uh, we, we specifically define those three things, right? Are you a coach, are you an instructor, or are you a teacher, right? Um, and don't confuse them with being each other. While well, coaches and instructors do teach based on the, the literal definition, right, why and how. What's the process that they use, okay? Because coaches, you know, unless you show up to be on the team, and then what's the coach do with people that um, are just not natural to that sport? Instead of telling them, dude, maybe you should be doing basketball or maybe you should be doing underwater basket weaving, mm-hmm. maybe football is not for you or maybe tennis is not for you, they leave them on the team, right, and they – Warm the bench, or they help with practice, or whatever. But the person, you know, then once they go away, coach just, for, for most coaches, it's a relief because mm-hmm. now they don't have to struggle with trying to teach this person how to do something that they've long since written them off as far as not being able to do. Right? Mm-hmm. Instructors, instructors have a syllabus. They have set things and they instruct the step by step how to do these things. Right? In terms of military instructor or whatever. That's what they do. Here's your step-by-step stuff. Do it this way. When you can do it this way, we'll pass you to the next level. Um, They don't, they don't, either they don't want to deviate or they don't have anything else or any other way to do it. So that's it. That's all they do, right? It takes a lot of, not just knowledge, but experience and understanding different learning types and all kinds of things, the things that we cover in the instructor training program, to make somebody a good instructor that's there for their students and not for themselves, and that's another big crux, right? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know, talking mm-hmm. about
1: ego screaming, right? The only per- the only place some of these people feel like they have any kind of control is when they're in the dojo because, you know, they hate being at home, they hate going to work, they, you know, whatever, right? If they're not training, there's nothing, right? You know, martial arts is my life, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> wow, I'm sorry for you, right? There's so much more in this world, <laughs> Anyway, all right. So uh, all hopefully right, well, that helped, Chris. I don't know. Is, did we know if he's live on the call? Uh,
0: I don't know. He asked the question about five hours ago, so of uh, course I don't know he that he's did. on the call. He he just okay. submitted it as it struck him. Of course
1: he did. And he'll be he'll probably be here for class later. so will kick his butt when he comes into class.
0: So cool. But uh, we've got just enough time left to see if anybody else has questions. So um, yeah. you can submit those on the – there's a, a fair number of people on the webcast side. So you can type in those questions. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody here on the call to open it up to, live on a call. Uh,
1: I think it was just us. Wow. Man, we've got a uh, – Everybody's the numbers over there on are, the are increasing. Yeah, and and for those folks that, I don't know, maybe they bumped into us or found us, uh, or, or you're a regular listener or a first-time listener, it doesn't really matter, right? Feel free to share this stuff out. We're trying to get the word out to as many people as possible. And one of the things, uh, you know, if you're – you know what, let me, let me future project. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, particular episode and uh, you're subscribed on iTunes or uh, Google Play or wherever we happen to be, right, um, you're actually you're, – you're missing a really great opportunity. And that's one of the reasons why we set up the format of CUDA in the way we did. Now, not everybody can jump in on it because of their work schedule and all that. We get it, right? But this is recorded live, right? So uh, you can take advantage of that, right? So you can ask questions in real time. You can interact, that kind of thing, right? You can be a part of the experience like showing up in the dojo, right? And, again, just like I talked about the Japan thing, there's a certain energy to that. There's a certain dynamic. There's a certain real-time uh, conveyance, which is what Kudan's all about, right? One of the things we didn't want to do is just have this be like every other podcast, but we didn't want to limit it to being just like a radio show where there was nothing after. So if you missed it, well, then you missed it, right? Uh, so it's kind of a good blend between both of them. But um, don't forget that, you know, if you're over there, what you're subscribing to on iTunes or YouTube, or not YouTube, uh Google Play or TuneIn or Stitcher, is it Stitcher, Switcher, Stitcher? Mm-hmm. I guess right. Stitcher. If, if you're, if you're, yeah, if you're subscribing on those places, what you're doing is you're subscribing to get notified after we put these things in the can, right? I mean, it's done, right? All you, all you have is a, is a recording of something that occurred in the past, right? But, um, and we're, we're working right now. I'm having James add this to the descriptions on these, um, on these different sites, so there will be a link that you can go to. And get subscribed and be uh, a, a Kudan Elite member where every week you will get, like, um, Eric just did a, a, a video that my editing guy is working on right now uh, on something we talked about last uh, on the last show, which was different ways to hold the shoot again and stuff like that. Uh, and you went ahead and, and did a video, um, a real quick thing, just showing people mm-hmm. what we were talking about. Uh, that was really cool. So we're going to do more of these things, right? But they're going to be put up on the Facebook page, and they're going to be sent out to the subscribers. Um, so you get this extra, right? And then every Friday, right, three times leading up to the actual showtime, we send out reminder emails saying, hey, don't forget, uh, we're going live at this time. If you can make it, you know, hop on. Or if you've got a question for today's class, send it over here to this, you know, this email address or whatever, and that way – you know this becomes something that you can tailor and you can make a part of your actual personal training uh regimen right so it's not just something uh you know it's not a replacement for hopping around on YouTube looking at videos um it's it's something very real that that you can you can apply does that make sense there? That yeah you know? makes sense to me yeah well of course it does <laughs> you always tell me that I'm right <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, he doesn't.
1: <laughs> anyway,
0: so did, did, any, yeah, did any questions pop in? Uh, doesn't like in it doesn't look like it, but it looks time. like uh, we do have somebody that's joined the call side, so we can all put it interactive. and uh, Awesome. If our caller that joined in has a question, now's a good time. That's yeah, we have a sell. question. What,
1: if that's, what okay. if that's Aaron? Is that Aaron?
0: Yes, it is. Long time no see.
1: Hey, sir. How are you?
0: Oh. Well, considering uh, all the shenanigans that my landlords put me up against, I'm doing okay. My, okay. Well, we won't you know that talk about big that red. In
1: moment. We'll, we'll catch up some other yes. time with
0: that. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So, what are,
1: what what, 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 are there? what question do you
0: have? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, gosh, heaven's sake, I had two of them they just went out of my mind. That, that doesn't mean I'm mindless or anything like that. No. That's not, okay. No, I can't. I can't bring them back. I'm sorry. They're they're at the oh, top for the tongue stage.
1: That's all right. You can submit them uh, either on the Facebook page or you can shoot me an email, and we'll get them on in an on an upcoming episode. No worries. Good. Sir. See Great. how this works. But you got bragging rights now because you called in and you talked to us, and now you're immortalized. Yeah. Yes, sir. Because everybody, when they listen to it later on, will be wondering who this Aaron Two Feathers guy is. Yeah, he has one leg up on it. They tell you that. Well, that's I. I often wonder who this Eric Two Feathers guy is too. <laughs> I'm fine. Well, you've seen
0: him live. Eric's one of, Eric's one of the
1: long distance students, and he's been in for uh, for seminars and stuff like that. So, cool. Yeah, awesome. excellent. So, Eric, do we have anything else?
0: No, no. We, we do have uh, we do have a couple we're of good topics that uh, we're out of time, but I think you know to kind of tease the next episode. One of the things that you know I. had, had, uh, sent you, was talking about training, uh, to take a punch and keep going, you know, kind of as a basic, uh, you know, in a fight scenario, you know, you fail at that first step to get out of the way and, and you do end up getting, you know, hit how, how, how to work on that. Uh, Can you train something like that to be able to keep going and not, you know, Hey, the lights, the lights didn't go off, so this isn't done, but also kind of the a lot of people don't
1: want to do that. A lot of people yeah. want to do martial arts to be invincible, That's
0: right? I want to learn this and master it so he can never touch me. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> exactly, right. And the and kind of the more advanced idea of that too is, you know, how um, this this gets more than personally for me, how to work on being able to get distancing timing right, to be able to take that hit but absorb it so that it's not damaging. So or you've been hit, but for you me, haven't been hurt. But right? They go, oh, I hit that guy. Yeah, but you, yeah. you know, yeah. So that, that's, that's that's what I'd. like was that?
1: Where Where is that in our curriculum? That's either a Nidan or Sandan, where you cause them to register a hit, and they get that elation and that feeling of success while they're getting slammed. Mm. It's actually a it's actually a way to to control their perceptions of what's going on. So yeah, yeah. really deep stuff. Cool.
0: cool yeah, things. that's what I want to work on, and I, I know you had a great topic too that I think we'll get to uh, next week as well. Is talking about training while injured or ill, and how many times people go, well, I didn't come to class today because it wasn't feeling good. Yeah, so we got good. this
1: thing going on, doctor told me I can't train for, yeah. for six weeks or whatever, and and, and how that's just it, that just screams, I only think of the physical self-defense training when I think of needed to, and I'm leaving 95% of the, of the art on the table yeah. and missing out on so many freaking opportunities for getting myself better. That will actually benefit me when I'm 70, and can't move as fast as a 20-year-old, and I have yeah. to use these other things, or things that allow me to keep my family safe, and it's not a fist I'm ducking. It's a freaking tornado or a hurricane or, a, you know, some other catastrophe that's going on, um, the kind of things that allowed me to save myself from, you know, going off a cliff in a freaking car, right, um, had nothing to do with ducking punches. The lessons cross over, but they have nothing to do with ducking a punch, Right? So, um, yeah, absolutely. That, that drives me nuts. And, <laughs> and it's not like they send me an email about these things. Some people do. They send me this thing, and, you know, uh, whatever, but um, I, I've got to be careful because i got this stuff going on. But that doesn't mean we can't train. That just means that maybe you can't go through the Black Belt training program that we have as it's designed, but maybe we just need to come up with something that's more tailored to you so that you can be successful in your realm. Yeah. Right? So... Um, and again that's where you know folks that have a static picture of the training and the art you know they see something that they've never seen before they see something uh that you know uh i don't know it's just it's just different right um or you know they they bumped into the realm of the unknown unknown going back to the beginning of the, of the of the show um uh, going back into they bump into one of those things these are the people that are quick to go, well, that's not right. That's not the way it's done. That's, that's not really needed to. That's not really Bujikan. That's, that's not really fill in the blank, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, how the hell do you know, right? I mean, seriously, <laughs> do you know the entire realm of all this stuff? When Hatsumi Sensei can, can teach in a class and talk about something and say, now, people will say, uh, or he'll, I, I've heard him say in class, he'll talk about something and he'll say, now, this is based on my study of the scrolls, my study of history and all that kind of stuff. Do I know that this is true for sure? No, I wasn't there. But based on what was passed down and based on what I got from my teacher and all that, right, and based on other study in all these other areas, not, we're talking no plays. We're talking about not just Japanese uh, poetry, but, you know, world classics and all these kind of things and uh, studying psychology and sociology and all these things, right? Um, this is this is things that, that's usable, right? And that's what Nijis is all about, pulling in things that um, – can be used to increase your, your ability to produce successful results and outcomes, right? So, um, you know, but if he says, I don't know, I wasn't there. We're going we're gonna to run this through this process, and this is what I've come up with, right? Um, how can you say that something is or isn't? And I've got other teachers that will look at me when we have these discussions, and they'll say, of course, of course, there's so many different types of needed to. That That in and of itself makes people's heads crack open. Right? Because ego wants it to be one way that they can master and look like they're the guru. Right? They just... Because too many ways, too many variables, just screw things up. Right? It just mm. it, it it makes the game too hard to win. Right? And um, that's okay. Right? If you need it to be one way, then by all means. Right? But stay out of arguments with people that, you know, might have the, the big boy or the, the grown-up lessons. Mm. Okay? So... Anyway, I'll stop it at that point because that's yeah. the point where I start to ruffle feathers, right? <laughs> and that's the point where people start going, "True, this guy. I will listen to him again. And that's your choice, right? That's
0: strings volumes,
1: right?
0: So anyway. So make sure you join us for the next episode of Kuden, for the truly offensive uh, episode. <laughs> we will attempt to offend as many of you as possible. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. People want to be able to duck a punch, but they can't duck an insult. I've been
0: triggered. I've been triggered.
1: <laughs> really? You want to be triggered? Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my statement to new people when they come in the dojo is, look, I'm a love me or hate me kind of guy. If you're on the fence, give me a second. Okay? I'll push. Okay? So, um, you know, learn how to be able to traverse realms. Jesus, how many? Um, that was my, my, one of my lessons when I passed my fifth on test or my tenth on um, Hatsumi Sensei told me that I needed to spend more time, um, ass- making associations and making connections with, uh, more and more personality types, including those, <laughs> and this is what he said, including those within the Bujinkan that just make you want to hate and kill them. Hmm. Hmm. Right? When you can present yourself to them as a, either a neutral party, or somebody that likes them and all that kind of stuff, then you're really starting to understand how to use the mm-hmm. dark side of the art because mm-hmm. there's an Amolte and an Udo side, right? And he's described this in multiple books early on, right? First 20 years of training is on the light side of things. Second 20 years of training is on the dark side of things. And that mm-hmm. includes deception, manipulation, that kind of stuff, and being able to be really good at that. So you can step on, off on either side of the, of the, uh, uh, the sword, or the the blade or, you know, whatever line you want to use, right? Uh, But to be able to do those things so that you can accomplish the results that you need to accomplish. Can that kind of training be abused and misused? Of course, right? Mm. Which is why the first 20 years we could develop a really strong moral and ethical base during our station teki kyoyo training um, before we bother to step into the dark side of things. Otherwise, you end up becoming, you know, the Sith (laughs) or whatever, right? Yeah, so good stuff. Yeah, so, awesome. Yeah. I Another I good show. To in the next episode. Well, we thought yeah. it was good anyway, and it's our show. So um, anyway, tell it's your friends. Always right? good. Uh, share this stuff around. Uh, this is not pro- well; it's proprietary to us or whatever. But um, feel free to, you know, when we send out the link to the copy, you know, to the to the uh, to the episode or whatever, or you're subscribed on Stitcher or wherever you happen to be, and you got people in your lives that you think could benefit from this stuff. Um uh, by all means, right? Share it around. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, they'd appreciate it. If it's not their cup of tea, we'll find out very quickly. Right? So it's 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 okay, right?
0: Um uh, so anyway. Awesome. awesome. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> awesome for us. If you don't like it too That's bad right. for you.
1: <laughs> We're not everybody's cup of tea. if you think I'm going to bend over backwards to make sure that you're not triggered or that, you know, I'm I'm trying to sell you on liking me and I'm telling you what you want to hear. I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. I'm telling you what you, you I'm telling you what you need to hear to get this realm right. And of course it's all based on the teachers I've bumped into, the experiences I've had in life, including those times where I almost died, including those times where I've actually put this stuff to use as it is against really bad people and all that. So, um, you know, that that's the kind of thing that that really pisses off the theorist because they want to have their own ideas and they want to feel comfortable with that. And that's okay. Again, if I'm not your cup of tea, unsubscribe, go somewhere else, right? Um, but that's just ego trying to find a teacher that's going to tell it what it already knows and what it already wants to hear. Well, then mm-hmm. you're not looking for a teacher. Right? You're not. You're you're looking for a mirror or you're looking for a for an echo chamber, but you're not looking for a teacher. Because a teacher should challenge you. Should challenge you every single freaking day. Every time you think you've learned something, right, then they've added something else to it. Right? Because that's you now you're ready for the next stage. Right? Mm-hmm. A good teacher, in certain circumstances, will lie to you just to make sure you're paying attention and you're not just being a blind follower. Right. There's way too many teachers out there that are just, they 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 do things in a way to make the students stay because that, te- it's, a, it's like a codependent relationship. The teacher mm. needs the students more than the student needs the teacher. And that's backwards. Yeah. That's backwards. Right. So anyway. All right. Now you can wrap it up. You have my permission. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, good. All oh, right. that's funny.
1: Don't forget, stopped... don't forget, spring camp coming up, May 18th, 19th, and 20th. That's my plug for spring camp. All good right? plug.
0: I was going to say, oh, well, I thanks. stopped the show like 20 minutes ago. No. Yeah, uh... ass. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for joining us uh, this week. And, again, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, certainly get active. Try to join us when we do this live Kuden podcast on Facebook. You can ask questions and get all those notifications when you sign up for the email list so that you can join us live and ask your questions and uh, let us offend you in person live on the (laughs) program. So (laughs) we hope to see you all uh, here next week. But thank you again for joining us on this episode of Kuden. Thank you for listening to CUDEN, the podcast for self-defense and martial arts news, interviews, techniques, and history. For more information on upcoming martial arts seminars, camps, and classes with Sheehan Miller, or to submit a question or discussion topic to the show, call 570-884-1118 or visit warrior-concepts-online.com.